Are you a cake maker running a business or a business owner making cakes? Hi, I'm Sammy. Hi, I'm Bronya, and welcome to the business of cake making. Hello and welcome to the business of cake making. Morning, Sammy. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Sunshine in. Always good. Um, we are doing something slightly different on the podcast this week. We are welcoming back a previous guest. We have got Katie from Malarkey Cake School on. Hiya. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, now, we spoke to Katie back in, we were just talking about this, we think probably March last year when she was our first ever guest on the podcast talking about niche markets. But recently, we found that we have um, a very similar passion about a topic <laughs> that, that we're, we're both really, or we're all really, um, yeah, very, very passionate about. And what happened was probably about three months ago, I wrote a blog post about how much do cake makers earn, um, which got such a lot of hits on on the website. And then a few weeks ago, Katie wrote a blog post, which was nowhere near the same, but definitely had the same message behind it and then she did a live on her Facebook group and that's when I went right we all need to get onto a podcast and talk about this so that's why Katie is here today um Katie for anyone that hasn't listened to episode three uh shame on you go back and listen to it um but do you want to just do you want to just do a, a quick intro of who you are and why why you've got to this point in your career so far yeah, so um, I run Malarkey Cakes, and um, about a year and a half ago or so, I set up Malarkey Cake School um, off the back of really, I suppose, setting up a, a cake business that's a bit unique and unusual, and the fact that I, I sort of decided to, yeah, like I said, niche down and create a specific style. Um, and, you know, I actually wanted to kind of, pass on all the skills that I've learned over the time and um, that I've been in business and essentially all of the mistakes I've made as well. And I genuinely, you know, I genuinely like teaching this to people because so many people fall down the same kind of holes, if you like, when they're setting up a cake business or running a cake business. Um, and particularly to do with what I'm very passionate about, which is what we're going to be talking about today, which is pricing, knowing your costs. Um, and really, I I thought when I when I started my cake business, I was so clueless that <laughs> I didn't know what my base costs were. I didn't know what I was charging. I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, you know, there must be so many other cake makers out there on the same page making the same mistakes that I'd love to be passing on this information to them and hopefully stopping them from making the same mistakes. So that's that's where I'm at now. Perfect. So so you, you touched on that. We are going to talk today about knowing your worth, valuing yourself um, and making sure you're pricing your cakes for profit and making a living. Because I, I, I genuinely think that most cake makers don't go into it to rule the world. I don't think they go into it to, to earn a fortune. They just want to live comfortably, pay themselves a decent wage, work decent hours, be able to fit it around their family. And I mean, I know of at least four cake makers that I have thought were at the top of their game and have all given up. And they've all given up and said things like, it's because I'm working too long hours. It's not worth it. It's not worth my time. I'm up till three o'clock in the morning. And that's when you think, right, there is something really wrong in that business. Um, and and yeah, and, and I think that we're not born knowing how to make cakes and we're not born knowing how to run a business, but we learn to make cakes and we never teach ourselves to run the business. Um that's so true. Right. So, on the head there. right. So shall we start with um, what do we mean when we say what our value is, what our worth is? Uh, obviously, there is pricing involved, learning your pricing. And we did a whole episode on this. Um, I don't know when it was. Episode 12 ish. We did. A whole, go back. You'll find an episode on pricing. Um, and that's what you should add, add to your costs. But when you say your worth and your value, Katie, what do you what do you what are you talking about? Well, 
I mean, when, again, when I started my cake business, I just saw it as providing somebody with a cake in exchange for money. And at that time, not enough money <laughs> in hindsight. But but now I sell my cakes as part of a service. So I, I think it's so, so important to see what you offer as not just a cake, but a service because you're providing your skills, your expertise. You know, I, I sit down with my couples and we have, at the moment, I do all of my tasting sessions on Zoom, but we, you know, I they I say, have you got any questions? And we talk about, you know, everything to do with their wedding, um, down to the finer details, like, um, you know, when when should they cut the cake and when should they serve the cake? And I end up you know, I'm married myself, but also I've worked at so many weddings that I can give them advice on where the best place to put their cake is and get the best photos of their cake and then how to, you know, make the most out of actually serving their cake and, you know, getting their money's worth essentially out of their cake. So we do like a Q&A session in my tasting sessions. Um, I also provide computer-generated sketches as part of my my kind of package. I- I've um, seen your sketches. Your sketches blow my mind because oh, thank you. I get coloured pencils out. <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong with coloured pencils. <laughs> it's just it, it happens to be where my skills lie because I um, I have a background in graphic design, so that's something that I kind of bring to the table as well as part of the package. So you know, and then it's it's not just making a cake it's not just ingredients putting it together delivering it and that's it you know it's a more holistic approach to delivering a a service as as part of somebody's special day and I think there is so much value in that um but it's so so important to be promoting yourself as someone who offers that rather than just here's another cake that looks like all the rest and here it is and it's gone and it's all over and it's finished and let's move on. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I see as, as value essentially. Yeah. 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 What do you, um, sorry, Sammy, I'm going to put you on the spot now. What do you see as value? For me, <laughs> you're asking me a question. <laughs> sorry. What do I see as value? But do you know what? Um, Previous to COVID and my and my husband has been amazing. He was made redundant and he has started helping me. I value my husband <laughs> because he has really opened my eyes to how much I'm just like, oh, I'm too busy to do this. So I'm too busy to do that. So I've not been pricing myself properly. I have been undercharging. And um, now... I know how much profit I'm making, how much, uh, you know, he's done, he's done a whole lot of stuff that I would never have done because I'm always too busy. Yeah. So I value my husband at the moment <laughs> very much. But do, you, but do you think that that's part of that um, as, as people that get into cake making, we train yeah. ourselves to make cakes? You know, I mean, I spent a fortune on learning how to make sugar flowers, how to make structured cakes and and everything. And it wasn't until I think two years ago that I sat down and went, I mean, I've got a business degree. I have a degree in business, but that's like 30 years ago now. So quite frankly, marketing's moved on a lot in 30 years. Um, So for me, two years ago, I went, I don't actually know how to run this business, you know, and that was after I had sold the shop after I didn't have, you know, I had staff, you know, I, I did the shop and I sometimes feel like I was just running on a treadmill. You know, it was like crisis management all the time because I didn't ever sit down and go, right, what am I doing with myself? What, what am I doing to run this business? Um, And I had my husband in the background when we run the shop and he was at home working out sort of like costings and things but we never got into pricing he never talked about pricing cakes um or having a business plan that was something as well that um I I can't remember what you said about you um Bronya but I definitely didn't have a business plan no at at that point We, we, we did when we, we when we opened the shop we had a business plan but our business plan was literally an excel sheet of how much money we had to make 
that was our business plan. <laughs> you know, it wasn't anything to do with, well, what are we going to do for marketing? What are we going to do for our promotions? Um, what are we going to, I mean, I, I was very good at cutting costs and keeping the cost of ingredients and, and everything very low. Um, but as far as actually having a plan of where I wanted to go and what I wanted the business to be, I knew jack shit. I was just, it was like one day to the next, one wedding cake to the next. I had no idea. I didn't even know who my ideal client was. I didn't even know that that I should have a style. I knew nothing of that, um, which after 25 years in the corporate world in marketing is shocking, quite, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, that's horrendous. But I didn't. Um, and I think that as cake makers, we don't teach ourselves these things. And even the basics, like Sammy said, even the basics of sitting and working out an actual price or a cost, not even the price, because I think a lot of cake makers see cost as your cost of ingredients. And that is it. You know, there's nothing more. It's your cost of ingredients um, and your time, but it's only the time hands on the cake. And that's what what I find difficult is that, you know, I've seen Facebook groups where people have gone, well, it will cost you X amount of ingredients. It's going to take you two hours. If you charge yourself £10 an hour, that should be 30 quid. And it's like, yeah, but what about all the other time of you going to get your ingredients? Of you designing that cake? Of you delivering the cake? Of you doing all your admin? What about the phone that you run and all this? And we're just not educated. As an industry, we're just not educated in this. Especially um, as we're women as well, um, we're kind of, we, we've taken on this extra job or, you know, or we're, we're housewives or, which was my case, or I, you know, um, you're a hobby baker and it turns into a business. So, uh, you know, valuing your worth as a woman, a, a man would come in and go, oh, well, we're going to have this, this, this and this, and this is how much I'm going to charge. But I, I feel, I always go, oh, you know, oh, okay, I'll charge it at, oh, yeah, I'll knock a tenner off, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's, done, there's something definitely there about the combination between hobby bakers being women who, I suppose, still stereotypically we are, I mean, we're, we're doing what we love. We're at home. We're baking cakes. Why on earth should we get paid for that? Or, you know, how could we possibly imagine making a profit from that? And then, and you, you know, like, as I've seen Bronio and as you mentioned on some Facebook groups out there, it's almost like, how dare you? How dare yeah. you char charge for doing yeah. the thing that you love at home? You can't possibly charge more than £150, I think I saw one post from a... a oh, it was a... It was a, yeah, it was a bride's wedding. It was That's a wedding it. cake on a bride's prize Facebook page. Um, and 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 I think this is the crux of it is that it's not only us as cake makers that don't value what we do; it is our customers that don't value. And yeah, and she 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 came along and she said, "What is the what what would what would be the average cost of a three tier wedding cake?" And people were coming in with one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty pound. And I oh, put a mess. I put a note awful. in. I said, "Well, what you've got to think is that please make sure that your your wedding cake maker is at, at least earning minimum, you know, minimum wage." And then so she came back and said, "Well, I've had a quote for four hundred pound. So if I was doing ten, if she was paying ten pounds an hour, is it really going to cost her take her forty hours to make this cake?" Oh, <laughs> all of your costs, not just yeah. ingredients, but business costs, overheads. There needs to be some profit in there. Otherwise, you know, that it just yeah. continue this this cycle that, that we're yeah. in. And this and that was the that was the customer. So that was the customer's perception of what a cake maker does. And like you say, you know, it's it's just a woman in her kitchen. Yeah. And that's what women do. Women are in their kitchens. So how dare we think to earn anything like a living, let mm -hmm. alone anything else? Um, and not not only that, I mean, so obviously some people are saying, well, I've been quoted £600 and things like that. And it's like, well, so I went in again and said, well, it depends on your, your design. So she put up a picture of her design. And Katie, you'll laugh at this. The bottom tier was all ruffles. 
and she said it's only a simple design I said no I said that bottom tier that cake maker will be there for hours making that you have oh, to pay I mean, and, and you know you know my ruffles you probably heard the ruffles story <laughs> yes. over and over again I won't, I won't go on about it again that was literally like the turning point of my business like I'm sitting here in tears after doing like god knows how many ruffles and thinking oh yeah you know this is this will only take me a few hours and you know about 10 hours later and, <laughs> you're there still ruffling and you know so much undercharging you're thinking there's something not right here this yeah. is why I'm just I am now working for free on this cake and yeah, yeah it's not okay and it and it shouldn't continue to be okay but I think it is something Definitely, it, it comes from a potential client's point of view, but also, you know, that depends on who we view as our ideal clients and who we're targeting as our ideal clients. But I do honestly think it has to start with us. It has yes. to start, you know, we are the people who have to change it and have to make people realize that unless you're buying a cake, I mean, even I'm not familiar 100% how much, you know, it would cost to get a wedding cake from say a supermarket or Waitrose or whatever, but it's not going to be much less than 150 quid. I, I have, I have looked at the Waitrose cake. So I've looked at that. Cause I, again, I saw something, I, sh- I really need to stay out of Facebook groups. They make me so angry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm not in any. <laughs> but someone, someone had been, asked to quote for and they, they they'd been sent a picture of the face of the waitrose cake and I think it was something like a couple of hundred pound and so I I looked at it I said yeah but when you look at and that so it was a naked cake it was five tiers naked cake so obviously in our heads we we're all thinking right a naked cake should be four or five layers per tier um, so each tier is going to be at least five inches tall this cake, and it was, I think it was a four, six, four, six, eight, ten, twelve inch. So when you think of that in our heads as a cake maker, it would be massive. You know, you're looking at a sort of like a couple of foot tall cake. Well, this was a five tier cake and it didn't even reach 30 centimeters in height. Oh so when you gosh. looked at their, their description, it didn't even reach that. That's, that's, a, that's a foot ruler. That's like a, a, a yeah. school ruler. And that's a five tier cake. And I said, well, well, I probably could do that because it really is one layer cut in, cut in half. And it probably, you know, you're looking at five layers of cake there. Mm. So it's not actually that far away from if you did like for like, it's not actually that far away in cost, actually, or in price. Um, but as cake makers, we were all going, right, so five tiers, it should be massive. It should have loads of cake in it. So, no, you can't get to the same at Waitrose. But the problem is, is that the Waitrose cake, they photograph it very nicely. So it looks that's like a very really, That's <laughs> really interesting. And something I'd never thought about is that, yeah, you know, obviously when you buy stuff online, you have to be incredibly careful about getting the size of stuff, yeah. right? Um but yeah, I mean, for me, if, you, if you're making a five-tier cake, that's some serious guest count there. That's like, yeah. you know, 150, 200 plus. Yeah. Um, and obviously that Waitrose cake isn't going to cut it. It's not going to yeah. serve all of those guests. So that's also something that people wouldn't consider. And you have to, if you buy a Waitrose cake, you have to go and pick it up. They're individual tiers. You have to stack it. You're given dowels. You have to stack it. Like you say, you offer a service or, you know, we're we're offering services where we we bake, we decorate, we deliver, we set up, we make sure it's absolutely perfect. Whereas literally with Waitrose, you go and pick up a few boxes Uh and you do it yourself. So, no, you, you, you can't compete, but you actually, you are competing. If you broke it, down. if that's if that's what your ideal client wants you to to be providing them, you could probably do it for the same cost. But that's not who our yeah. ideal clients are. And that's really interesting because I do, you know, if I were to, I wouldn't. But if I were to, you know, make five tiers um, and get my customer to come round, pick it up, give them some dowels, 
and some instructions and wish, wish them the best of luck. <laughs> but, I mean, they would, they would not appreciate that at all. They would be like, like where is this bespoke wedding cake? And, and expect, you know, everything. They would expect the cake with bells and whistles on for the same price that they're getting it from Waitrose or wherever. But, I mean, I, I just genuinely believe that that can never be a thing because as a small business and a bespoke wedding cake maker, you're, you're working, you know, in your own kitchen, your setup costs per cake are just going to be so much yeah. higher just for, you know, getting all those ingredients in and making that mix. And, and just from the get-go, your setup costs per cake are so much higher than, than those made on a production line. There's things yeah. like cake boards and your dowels and your cake boxes and um, yeah. the, list, the list is endless, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, like you say, all those consumables, like bits, bits and pieces that go into a cake, like boards, boxes, dowels, you know, all the decoration and all these things that actually a lot of people probably forget to cost into their, you know, their, yeah. their base costing a- as well. Absolutely. I mean, I did suggest to this, I did suggest to this woman in the end that she go back to the person that has asked for this cake and say to them she could do it for exactly the same price if she really wanted to. But if she wanted to offer her service, she has to explain why she was offering her service and why she's charging more. That it's not just a cake that you come and collect from a store and set up yourself and shove your own flowers in. Mm. Um, And I, I think that's. I think that's where we're getting we're getting bogged down is that we are trying to compare ourselves to supermarkets and we're trying to compare our services and we're not explaining to the customer what what you're going to get what <laughs> what you're going to get from us that's so much different from that waitrose. Yeah, and I, I think um, you know you can say oh you know but if your if your ideal client wants to buy from you you know they'll get it but I think even yeah. Even our ideal clients, like, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, you shouldn't have to justify your costs. If you have to justify your costs, you're, you're, you're trying to sell to the wrong person. But arguably, I think as cake makers, we actually have a responsibility to start educating people on what really goes into making a cake. And not just yeah. we're not just talking about the making or the baking or the decorating. We're talking about all the other things that go into making a cake and you know making a wedding cake that stands up and doesn't collapse <laughs> which you know a lot of people will think oh you know I'll just make my own cake and and that'll be easy yeah. enough and then they they do it and it's like oh no it's going to fall over like those <laughs> those things that you know may well you know, may well take for granted or, you know you make your own cake or your friend does it for you but you know at the end of the day it's it's your wedding day and you shouldn't have to go through the stress of, yeah. oh, my cake's going to collapse because if you get an expert in to do it for you, then you don't have to have that stress. And I think arguably that's worth paying the yeah. money for. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. There's other little things about if you get, um, if you pick up your own cake, what about the placement of the flowers, of of wiring them to make sure there's no cross contamination? You have to put all of that into the the cost as well, and um, the travel time from the venue to um, from your your place to the venue and back again. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it is. That's what I mean. It is like it's a full service. It's like it's not just here you go, here's the cake, good luck. It's like, you know, obviously the planning behind it, the designing, the making, the delivering, the setting up in the right place, um, you know, making sure the cake's not in direct sunlight because we all know that can be an absolute disaster. <laughs> uh, like you say, putting flowers or decorations on the cake and making sure that they're the right ones, that they're organic, um, having a cake stand that's not, wonky because you know having a table a table that's not wobbly or wonky all of these things that we have to consider that you know if 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 a person came if a couple came to pick up their own cake and and that's something I actually don't do now I would say I will deliver the cake it's part of the service because I know then the product that I create is going to be best presented in the venue 
to its full potential. Otherwise, you know, if someone's coming to collect it, then I just don't know. And it's far more unnerving having someone else transporting it than doing it myself. I actually, I actually deliver all my cakes, even small cakes. I deliver all of my cakes because I just, I mean, when we had the shop, people would come along and and George, bless him, George used to look after our our shop on Saturday and he would take cakes to people's cars and he would make sure that they were putting them in the car properly. Because even that, you know, I've seen people, people would pull up outside the shop, open the boot and the boot would be full of stuff and they're just about to put a cake in it. It's like, well, that could fall on it and that could fall on it. And I, my stress levels can't cope with people collecting their own cakes. (laughs) I would, I would rather put the effort in and get in my own car than deal with <laughs> deal with well, that stress. People who who turn up with a plastic bag to put their cake in <laughs> in their cake box. Yeah, <laughs> to go home yeah, I bought this Waitrose bag. Yeah, and it's a massive twelve inch, huge thing. It's not going to fit in the bag. <laughs> no, no. I mean, there's so many things to consider that if you want that perfect cake to get from A to B, and you know, for, to be in those perfect Instagram photos there's a massive massive process of creation and delivery and so many tiny details that other people don't see and don't think of and that we we learn we learn all these things along the way with experience and we learn them from experience and from making those mistakes. Absolutely. That's, yeah. But what what is what do you think the difference is because obviously um if we talk about weddings in particular so you know, a wedding cake, say someone that's listening is charging six, seven hundred pounds for a wedding cake. Um, and that we know what time that takes that from from the moment they've got in touch with us, that we're doing emails, that we're doing consultations, that we're baking, decorating, delivering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's six hundred pounds. And when you break that down, that's not a great hourly rate. And then you look at something, for example, like, I don't know, a photographer. Your sister's a photographer, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Um, So you look at something like a photographer and they also have a huge amount of work. You know, it's a lot of people think they just turn up, take pictures and then send them off. But obviously they have hours and hours afterwards culling and editing. I would be interested to see a direct comparison of an hourly rate between us and other wedding suppliers. Because yeah. I don't think cake makers are on the good end of the deal here. And ah, I don't understand not. why. <clears throat> no, and that is something that that really interests me and infuriates me in equal measure. I think, um, <laughs> you know, me and my sister have been in business for roughly about, about the same amount of time. And, you know, it, it's, it's a funny one, but photographers can just – for for their flat rate and they do tend to charge a flat rate and I don't know if that's something to do with it but a lot of you know couples don't tend to bat an eyelid at charging a couple of grand for a photographer Um, and obviously they aren't directly comparable you know photos and cakes are a very different thing the work is different but essentially You know, me and my sister have talked about this a lot and we worked out that roughly it can be about three three days work, let's say. But then my expenses are substantially higher than hers. And the amount that you can generally charge because that kind of, what what do we call it, like a sort of a standard rate, if you like, that people have in their minds of how much they're willing to pay is so much less for a cake. Yeah. Like for some reason, a lot of people have in their head, oh, 500, 600 pounds for the cake, couple of grand for the photographer, yeah. a grand or so for the videographer. I actually don't know how much videographers cost, but I, I guess it depends. But, you know, we have all these industry standard rates yeah. in our heads or not necessarily us, but but couples. And, and it's really interesting, you know, where on earth do they get those numbers yeah. from? And I, I mean, I know that there is uh, every year there is a couple of blogs and magazines. I know Bridebook put one out every week, every year of average prices. Um, and the Bridebook one really infuriates me because that always comes up of about £300 for a cake maker. But it, obviously they, what they've done is they've surveyed, say, say, I don't know how many they surveyed, but they say 200 
um, 200 couples, out of those 200, some won't have cakes. Some will have Auntie Maud make their cake. Therefore, they're not paying for their cake. Um, and some will have supermarket cakes or will go and buy a Dunkin' Donut. Not Dunkin' Donut, yeah. I'm talking. Krispy Kreme, Do you know what I mean? That's Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme Donut. Um, <laughs> and, and so from that, it pushes an average to £300 for the cake. Because if you're looking at 200 couples and only 100 of them have cake, you've instantly cut cut it in half. Whereas probably 95% will have a photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have a venue. So the yeah. venue has to have a, a cost. So somehow the average price of a cake has been, yeah, and flo- yeah, flowers. And the, the average price of a cake has been pushed down because not everyone has a cake. And um, so then the brides will, or the couples will look at that average cost and go, yeah, but the average cost is 300. So therefore 500, I'm having an expensive cake. Yeah, so, I, think, I think that it's... <laughs> I definitely think there are some sort of guides and blogs out there that are partially responsible. And it's also, you know, brides talking to other brides or, yeah. you know, their cousin who, let's say, got married the year before. Oh, how much did you pay for your cake? Yeah. Oh, only 300 from this person. And and that continues to keep prices low. But, but ultimately as well, you know, as long as we as yeah. a collective cake makers keep charging those low, low prices yes. and keep – saying, yeah, I'll just do it because I, you know, 300 quid's better than nothing. It will keep the prices low and it will keep people working for for free, essentially. Yeah. How do how do we as cake makers educate other cake makers to charge the right amount? I think it comes for me, and I'm talking from personal experience because I went through this transition personally, so I can only say, you know, what my experience was and and how it sort of, how I had that wake up call moment of, oh my God, okay, hang on. If this is going to be your full-time job, you can't just be making up numbers and not knowing at the end of any given month or any given project or year or whatever, how much you're actually earning. Like, you know, if you're sitting in a pub and it doesn't happen very often, but but people might start discussing, you know, how much how much their salary is, let's say. Um, and you're like, oh, I don't really know how much my salary is. So that's not a great start. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's so, so important for us to to know what we're doing as, a, you know, in our businesses. And I think I think for me, it was kind of OK. I got really busy. I started making cakes. I loved what I was doing. But as I said, I had a kind of like a bit of a burnout moment where I was like making a cake with pink frills all over it, painted it, wasn't the kind of cake I wanted to be making, wasn't particularly creative at all. And I wanted to be doing something creative. But I think I went to like a a talk and then one of the things that they mentioned, it was kind of like a, a gathering of, of um, wedding suppliers talking about business, essentially. And this couple of photographers said something so that really, really resonated with me, you know, as someone who wanted to get more and more into making wedding cakes. And that was that you set your alarm on a Saturday morning for 6 a.m. Do you wake up with a feeling of dread because you're you getting up to deliver yet another cake that you don't feel passionate about. You don't particularly, you didn't particularly like, you know, the couple that you're working with. You're not really bothered about the venue you're going to deliver it to. And also you're taking a Saturday, bearing in mind there are only 52 Saturdays in a year. And it it feels like though, you know, those, those Saturdays just get swallowed up so quickly. Yeah. That is precious time that otherwise you could be spending with friends and family who aren't working. Are you willing to set that alarm at 6am and wake up with that feeling of dread because you've taken on another cake that you didn't want to do? Or are you happy? Are you going to not bounce out of bed? Yeah, there are limits. (laughs) Out of bed and be, you know, wow, this is my job. I love my job. I earn money in my job. 
I'm delivering a cake today and I'm getting paid for that time, which makes me not mind taking that time out of my weekend, you know, and sacrifice seeing my friends, my family, et cetera. And and that that was a proper wake up call for me. Like, do I, am I actually doing this? Because, you know, you go into business essentially you know, I think we, a lot of us have gone into business because we're doing something that we love, but you've got to be doing it for the money to a certain extent as well, right? Otherwise, what is the point? And, and, and when you do get to a point of burnout because you, you don't know where you're going, you don't know how much you're earning, you can't really see the point anymore and you're not, you're not enjoying those Saturday mornings at all. Yeah, let's educate people. Yeah, I think so. And I... I think it's so, so important to do that. And I, I say to lots of people in my, my courses, you know, that, it, you know, you might be enjoying it right now. You might be churning out all of these cakes and be really busy. But essentially, there, there will come a point when you go, what am I doing here? If I sat down and actually worked out what my hourly rate was, it would yeah. be frighteningly low. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, really terrifying. The other the other thing that I find though is that there is um on some Facebook groups there is a bit of bashing that goes on of other cake makers. Yeah, and I find that really disturbing. So there was an incident I think probably a few years ago now when Rosalind Miller because Rosalind Miller has the Harrods concession, you know, all kudos for someone that has got the guts to have a a, a concession in Harrods must cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. And she was selling a unicorn cake, an eight-inch unicorn cake. And I think it was about 150 quid. And I saw a post and someone someone's like, put this post up and went, oh, 150 quid. I wish I could charge that. And then there was all these people kind of bashing Rosalind Miller to go, how dare she? What makes her so special? What makes that cake so special? Why would she, why does she think she can charge that much? And it's like, is this jealousy? Is this that she that people genuinely think that this is overcharged. You know, she's in Harrods. She's selling it in Harrods. And for me, I was like, good luck to her. Well done. Well done for having the balls to charge £150 for a a unicorn cake. Because knowing Rosalind Miller, it was a top-notch unicorn cake, let's face it. You know, it's not going to be any old sort of Sainsbury's rubbish. Um, Or happy shopper butter. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and I was I was really proud that someone in my community could do that, could charge that amount. But the bashing that she I mean, hopefully she never saw any of the posts, but the bashing that she was getting from some other cake makers just made me really sad that they thought she was overcharging. You know, other cake makers thought she was overcharging for her cakes. It was the same with um, Harry and um, Meghan's wedding cake as well because they they chose a completely different style and they had um, um a buttercream lemon and elderflower i can remember the uproar then of of that as well very similar to the Ros- rosalind miller thing yeah people shouting and screaming saying why why is this happening why are they charging that blah 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 so yeah i can i can see that when i first started my cake business Rosalind Miller was someone that I really looked up to, and I still do. I, I fully respect her. I still I do. And can, can I just say what I really respect about her? I read something on an Instagram post the other day. She was in her 50s when she decided to start making cakes. Yes, I saw that. I didn't know that. Yeah, in her 50s. And I was like, wow, that's just incredible. That just gives hope to all people my age. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. She was in her 50s, and that was just like, good honor and I am absolutely yeah I've got so much respect for her and I am like on my business course I actually I teach basically that you should pretty much do what she has done she has carved out a niche for herself her cakes are instantly recognizable stunning you know, her marketing is absolutely spot on. She's marketing to the right people. She's got her cakes into Harrods. She's got her cakes in front of the right people to be, and, and you know, people who shop in Harrods for birthday cakes are going to pay £150 for a cake, right. a birthday That's cake. Right. I mean, that is just a given. They will, they would pay more, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, so, 
what I teach on my course is that it's not, you know, it, it creating your cake business and charging the right prices is not just about putting your prices up. It's the same as I see, you know, delivering a, a cake service as, you know, a, a more holistic approach than rather just, here you go, here's your cake, moving on. It's like your business should also be seen, you know, you should approach it as more of a holistic thing, as in you, you know, you create a style or you you kind of start to carve out a niche for yourself. And, and part and parcel of that is identifying who your ideal client is, so that those two kind of work together and those two can also evolve together. And, and that's something that Rosalind Miller's got absolutely down. She knows who she's marketing to. They're not the people who would be, you know, quibbling over 10 quid for a cake, you know, and she's she's got the brand down. She is, she is a name within, yeah. you know, within the industry. She is a name. She is a brand. She's built up that identity and everything around it, um, and she's a hundred percent successful. So I, I a hundred percent support her and think, you know, hats off to her. I, yeah. And I, I think it's so sad. I think it's such a shame. And like I said, I'm not in these Facebook groups because I used to be, and I found them such toxic places, and they're just not good for my mental state. So I left, <laughs> I left a lot of them and obviously created the group that I did, which thank God doesn't have the same kind of toxic attacking each other kind of culture. It's really, it's really lovely. I love your group. It's just, so, I don't comment very often, but I'd love to read everything that's going on. Bronya, you were speaking the other. Was it? I hope it's this group that you were speaking on that I read your message. Of. <laughs> I, I only ever, I only ever comment pricing. in Katie's group. Oh, about pricing. You were talking about pricing again. And, and yeah, it, all the comments that come with it as well are so interesting. Yeah. It's, it is a, a group of lovely cake people. Yeah. And I think that's what I set it up to be in the hope that that's what it would become. And it really has flourished to be rather than somewhere that's, you know, people are just attacking each other on how, how dare you charge this much for a cake and what are you thinking? And it's so negative and, and really bitchy and yeah. brings out the nastiness and, and it just sort of brings to the fore really how, I don't know, how, how much of a state the industry really is in. Because I don't Definitely. know if there are many other groups out there like mine where everything is more positive and people are a lot more supportive of each other rather than just shooting each other down and saying, and also the, the, the price comparison thing that I also love to rant about, which is posting the picture of the cake. How much should I charge for this cake? And yes, <laughs> I, I know I have a video in the very intro of the group, basically in a very polite way says, don't do that in this group. <laughs> this is not the place for that. We don't do that here. And if people do do it, I've found that now because, you know, the culture of the group has become what it has, people will comment and say, you need to sit down and work out your own costing for this. Yeah. Um, and rather than that as well, you shouldn't be copying other people's cakes while you're yeah. at it. So, I'm really, really proud of the Kate group. You know, it's it's really become what I wanted it to be. There's, I know, I know the post that um, you're talking about, Sammy, and it was after a live that Katie did in the group about this subject. And I kind of woke up the next morning and thought, is it because I'm a, like go back to that? You know, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm doing a woman thing in my kitchen and therefore I don't deserve to be paid for this? When a plumber, you know, if you're a plumber, you could be like absolutely yeah let's charge 50 quid an hour and no and one bats an eyelid that's right and no that's one just their call out fee <laughs> yeah to arrive at uh, your house there were so many comments on that that I found really interesting that people had people had come back with so so it was things like it's just a cake or I can go to Sainsbury's and buy it cheaper or these are comments that they've had from customers you know I can go to Sainsbury's um I can get the, a slab cake from Costco for fifteen pounds. Yeah, and it's a case like, well, off you go then. Yeah, go on, that's fine. <laughs> See ya. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> but but another argument that I've seen a lot is is but it, it gets eaten. I don't know. So you know, we're going back to the photographer cake maker thing. The photographer, you've got your wedding photos forever and ever and ever, but the cake yeah. it's got eaten. So therefore, it's not as great a value because it's gone and it's been eaten and it's like it's that education thing isn't it it's educating people that yes you have eaten it but wasn't it great and you've got Uh pictures of it and weren't the pictures amazing and if you went to a restaurant you'd pay that money that's right that's right and um I, I think the point that you made in that post was um should we do our invoices say with all the the points listed out so this is how much your materials cost, this is how much the labour cost, this is how much the delivery cost. Would that change the perception of people's ideas of what we yeah. do and, and help push it forward? Mm, yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I, I definitely, when I send out my, my quotes and my invoices, the only thing that's broken down is the cost of the cake and delivery. I have all as one cost. And then yeah. the extras like cake stands, cake toppers, I break down the cost of those because they're an external supplier almost. But I think it's really interesting what you say. It Would people pay more attention to the fact that, you know, like a plumber would say, this is for parts, this is for labour. And you look at the labour cost and go, oh, my God, I'm paying this guy per hour is insane. Quite often with with quotes, you get a quote of parts plus labour. So you don't know how much it's going to cost until they've been and done it. Yeah. You know, you in your head, you could think, oh, it's a two hour job. But then when they come across a problem and they're there for five hours, you pay for it and they charge you for that. Whereas as cake makers, something happens in the oven. We swallow that cost. Or it's a very, very hot day. And your ganache won't set. So you have to wait till night time to put the ganache on the cake. Yeah. And, and the whole thing takes you hours and hours longer. We and we do, we absorb that cost. It's part of it's part of being a cake maker, isn't it? But it's <laughs> arguably like we have a friend at the moment who's doing up a flat and he he did sit sit down and he cost up, you know, because he's doing everything himself. He cost up how much it would have cost him to get this boiler fitted by British Gas versus him fitting it and getting an, like a, a, an engineer, an electrician or whatever to come in and, and check the whole thing. And you've got like one, like a thousand pounds versus five thousand pounds. So there's that labour cost right there. It's, it's yeah. madness. Yeah. But, you know, I think... If we did start to do that, would people go, well, why are you charging so much per hour? Well, you know, you're just a cake maker. What gives you the right to charge? I'm not saying 50 pounds an hour. I mean, that would be nice. But, you know, (laughs) to be able to say, yes, I charge this per hour for my skills and my expertise. So it's it's about thinking, why, why are we so undervalued? You know, compare, and obviously, com- like directly comparing it to, to a plumber isn't isn't the best because we need, we need plumbers. We need plumbers to come out and fix our pipes, our loo, or whatever. It's it's you know necessary. Mind you, you say that, and and someone I remember someone on that post said, um, yeah, but I wouldn't do it myself. Well, in days go by, I'm of a generation where my dad fixed everything. Yeah, true. You know, and. My my and my husband does. When it comes to plumbing, he'll turn the water off. He's he's fixed. He's swapped out shower, power showers and things um, because it's something that he kind of finds quite relaxing to do. Well, not relaxing, not the, from the language that comes out, but you know what I mean. It's something yeah. that he kind of feels like he's achieved. So it's not that we can't do it, and and it's not that it's it's beyond us. It's that we've lived such busy lives now that we choose not to do it. Mm, and we yeah. choose to get someone else in to do it. I know there's certain things like gas and stuff, but even so, mostly we choose not to do it anymore because we're busy. We've got other things to do. And cake making is somehow seen as relax or baking. You know, everyone in lockdown went to baking because it was relaxing. 
mm-hmm. and that's what people think it's relaxing and it should be an easy job to do and oh you're just a lovely cake maker and you must have when, such a lovely when job when you tell people you're a cake maker they always go oh how lovely you're a cake oh, maker God. <laughs> I find that so irritating you're like yeah but you know I don't spend five days a week just baking do no. I <laughs> It's obviously all the invisible stuff that people don't see that ultimately, let's be honest, we we do for free because, yes. you know, there's all that time spent on marketing or, you know, paying out for someone to help you with your marketing or, you know, all of those costs, all of those things need to be factored into our, our overall costing. Yeah. But I wonder how many people are doing that. I've saw something where someone said, how much would you charge for this? My, I've costed it up and it's going to cost me £10. Is £30 okay to charge? And they went, well, that's two, that's a £20 profit. And it's like, no, 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 that's not. So, so they'd literally costed their, their ingredients and their components, yeah. added 20 quid, and they were seeing that 20 quid as profit. There was nothing there for an hourly rate. There was nothing there for time. There was nothing there for business expenses. Yeah, and that's exactly what the problem is because you're not, you know, the person who's saying, oh, okay, it's a tenner for all my ingredients. Oh, let's make it up to, let's make it up to 30 quid. That's a nice round number, isn't it? But but why the arbitrary figure just plucked out of the air when, you know, and I talk to cake makers a lot about um, confidence and I think there is so much to be said for having the right mindset and having confidence around, you know, making money and seeing yourself as, you know, worth making the money. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you are sending out quotes to people for, I don't know, 30 quid here, 60 quid there, maybe the odd 100 quid one here, but you're making up those prices that isn't going to do anything for your confidence because you actually have no idea what you're doing you know it's like you can send a quote out to someone and be like oh 30 quid or maybe that's too much or maybe they're not going to want to pay maybe it's too cheap but if you actually sit down and work out what those costs are Work out your profit margin, work out how much you're going to be paying yourself, you know, and so you have a a proper figure for that cake, it's automatically going to give you more confidence. And to know as well that, like I said earlier, you're not willing to give up your time, your Saturday morning delivering that cake for any less than that. And if, if you, you know, if your customer's not willing to pay that, then they're not worth making the cake for. No. I think as soon as you realise, as soon as you know concrete evidence in your head, you will be making that cake for nothing or for £2 an hour, That's like, you're right, that's when it gives you the confidence to say, no, I'm not going to make that cake, I'll let that customer walk away. When uh-huh. you know, and you only know that once you've sorted it all out, once you've worked it all out. I mean, yeah. I, I last week and, I'm, we, you know, you talk about confidence. I still have crisis of confidence about these things. Last week I put um, I put a, I've always had on my website a minimum order amount always. But you get the people that kind of sneak in and go, can you make this cake? Um, I really want a cake for this, this, this. This is my budget. And I even then I've been going, um, oh, go on then. You know, and it's 20 quid under that order, that minimum order. amount. Last week I actually sat and said to my husband, should I just now say to people, I have a minimum order? He went, well, of course you should. That, that's what you've got on your website. Why are you not doing it? And it was like, of course, why am, why am I not doing it? Because even my confidence after 11 years of doing this, I let people sneak in. Mm-hmm. I let people sneak under that radar and go, no, I, I've, I've got, to, and I'm being really hard on myself. I've got a minimum order. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. That's it. I think it's it's difficult to... I kind of always talk about thanking your past self and you have this person who's like, oh yeah, I'm willing to take on the order for 50 quid less than my minimum order amount or my normal order amount. And then you go, okay, but six weeks down the line or six months down the line, I've got to actually make that cake. Am I going to actually look back and go, I hate my past self for taking (laughs) that on? What was I thinking? Because, you know, actually this weekend, 
oh, I've been invited to this do at my friend's house and I'd much rather go to that than have to go and deliver a cake. So once again, it comes back to that, you know, making sure that you stick to your guns and not be beaten down on price because it's got to be worth giving that time up and giving up those, you know, sacrificing those, you know, important moments with friends and family. And you have to incorporate... um bank holidays, Sundays as well, yeah. which uh, I'm terrible at not doing. So we've got a new diary. I've made sure I've marked out all of the uh, days. So that when you're flicking through the diary saying, yeah, I've got this space on that day, you can yeah. um, price that into your cake as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I've fallen down the trap of, you know, saying yes to a cake without realising that it was a bank holiday. Yeah. And, then, and then you go oh, great, I'm going to spend that entire bank holiday working. <laughs> but it's very important to block out that time beforehand, you know, and and finding that work-life balance is so, so important. Yeah. And the further I've gone into running my cake business, the more important it is that actually, you know, rather than scrambling to say, yay, I'm fully booked for the summer. And, and by the way, like, what does fully booked mean? Because it means something different for everybody. Yeah. For me, it might mean I'm going to do three cakes in August, and that's enough for me. I'm fully booked. Yeah. It might mean you want to do, you know, 20 cakes in August and completely burn yourself out. But, you know, actually what you can do is take control of your own business and go, well, I don't want to work that Saturday. I don't want to work that bank holiday. And, you know, and you be in control of it and take orders around around that. I think it's so, so important to do that. I, I was listening to a podcast recently. Um, I can't I, I can't remember who I've listened to so many podcasts over lockdown. I can't remember who it was. I think she was Australian and she's a wedding florist. And she set out boundaries at the beginning of her business that she wasn't going to work Saturdays. She's a wedding florist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And she said, and I knew this was going to be tricky and I knew that I I would struggle, but that was my absolute red line. I would not work Saturdays and Sundays. And she's made a successful business because she 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 had the confidence to sit there and say that and work around it. Um, I don't know how. I, I really yeah, don't. Okay, that's great, but how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she she's done it. She's she, it's a podcast and, and yeah, she's done it. But yeah, you do need red lines. Absolutely, you need red lines that, that what is more important, making that cake for that amount of money or having that family day out because it's bank holiday. And yeah. valuing, valuing yourself to have that time out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all part of the value thing, isn't it? Self-care. Um, you know, we did, the, we did a podcast. Our last episode was all about mental health and self-care. And it is so important. So, it so important. It is so important. Like you say, it's so important to, you know, draw out those boundaries for yourself and go, well, you know, actually I don't I don't love baking cakes or, you know, delivering cakes on a Sunday, which means I have to work on a Saturday. So that's my whole weekend gone. So you could just say, I don't deliver cakes on Sundays. You could say, you know, I work on Saturdays, but I take Mondays off. And be really strict with yourself yeah. and stick within those boundaries because, you know, I think through through COVID, especially more than ever, I've realised that my my business is me, and without me, my business isn't. It, it's nothing. If I don't look after myself and my mental health and my physical health, you know, my business isn't gonna. It's not gonna grow. It's not gonna get anywhere because I'm, you know down in the dumps or feeling low or re- almost yeah. resenting it as well because I've given up all of those you know important days and yeah. weekends and everything yeah don't resent your business nothing worse yeah. nothing yeah. worse so so how do we change our customers perceptions how do we because I know you've touched on this in your live that you did about maybe doing behind the scenes things on your social media. How do we make people realise our value? How do we make our customers realise? How do, I mean, once we've acknowledged our own value, how do we pass that on to our customers so they acknowledge our value? We've got to educate, got to get people to understand 
all the ins and outs, all of the things that go into making a cake. So I, I've written numerous blog posts on this, like with different titles. How long does it take to make a cake? How much do wedding cakes cost? You know, what are the stages of making a wedding cake? There are so many, there's so much content that can come from this, which is also great for your marketing. So, you know, write some blog posts um, and write them from the heart and be honest about it all. Let's just be honest and open and say, you know, I spend one full day a week just on my marketing I don't, you know, I don't bake every day of the week and, and open people's eyes to what we really do in our work. And, and also I've started doing a lot more behind the scenes stuff on social media. So, you know, get into reels and, and, you know, filming yourself making stuff a day in a life of a cake maker that, that's not making cakes in the kitchen, doing something else. Um, because this can also be really good for content as well. Like I said, you can, you can create so much content from, for Instagram, from behind the scenes and, um, you know, telling people what you do on a daily, yeah. hourly basis, whatever. Um, because I, I heard something, once again, I was listening to a podcast, couldn't tell you which one it was. I've listened to so many. But they really, you know, they were talking about creating content. And I know a lot of people get really stuck on what what to post on their Instagram or whatever. And so many cake makers feeds are, are so po- like polished and filled with just finished cakes. And that's great. And that's beautiful. And that's amazing. And, you know, those feeds are, you know, very inspiring, but as long as people only see the finished article, how are they going to know when, you know, where it came from, how it got to being that. So we should post, you know, more kind of, you know, a bit more gritty behind the scenes stuff, let people know what's really going on. Because if people only see the finished article, they're never going to know what went into it. They're all going to think it's a fairy tale as opposed to um, a horror story. It's not like that, though. (laughs) It's not a horror story. is I think especially at the moment or or recently people have become a lot more real on Instagram with with stories and with reels you can keep your grids polished if you want to you know you can keep it that kind of perfect looking grid with everything highly edited or whatever but but it's so, so important to, to be more real, I think. Yeah. People are actually crying out for that now. I think Instagram, I hope, has had its time of being very, very superficial and, yeah. you know, squeaky clean and, a, you know, let's, you know, let's get, get people to really know what we actually do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in our businesses um, and what really goes into it um, and just get educating people. It's going to be a long process. It's, it is. This is not. This is going to take, you know, years to, to it may, educate. It, it may outsee my business, but you know. <laughs> but yeah. if we're doing it for the next generation, then as long as someone makes a decent wage out of earning cakes, I'll be very happy in the future. Exactly, and like I say, you know, with my content and with my courses and everything, if I can you know, just with one blog post, if I can open one cake maker's eyes or have, make them have like a proper aha moment like I did, then I'm winning. That's how I feel with it. I I just don't want so many people to be falling into the same trap, you know, time after time. And then, and then leaving the industry because it just didn't work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I think, I think we put the world to rights. I think we're going to go on for a very long time. (laughs) Very passionate. (laughs) Katie, do you want to tell us where we can find you? Where where can we find your school? Where can people find your courses and your Facebook group? Yep. So the Facebook group is, if you just search for Rise Up the Cake Society, um, it's quite a kind of revolutionary type name. (laughs) That's what I wanted the group to be. So yeah, please come and join the Facebook group. um, And hopefully you'll see that it is a little different than others out there. I think so. 
And the school is Malarkey Cake School. So you can find me at Malarkey Cake School on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and if you just type in school.malarkeycakes.co.uk, that's the website with all of the courses. Um, there's the business course over there, as well as um, I've got a Pinterest mini course because I'm a bit of a Pinterest advocate, um, as well as some guides as well, you know, little simple tips on how to change things up in your cake business. Um, and I'm going to be revamping the school site a little bit in the coming months so yeah watch this space for that as well and you can also find my wedding cakes over at malarkey cakes fantastic exciting revamping the school that sounds exciting thank you so much katie for for joining us we could probably stay and chat for hours and hours on this subject um but it's it's been a good one i hope people find it interesting and i hope people start valuing themselves so thank you so much katie thank you thank you (laughs) See you next time. Bye. 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 Wow, we could talk for hours and hours on this subject, but we must end. Um, Otherwise, you're all going to get very bored. If you would like to reference any of the material that Katie has talked about or indeed the blog post that I have written on the subject, please go to the show notes, which is daisycakecompany.co.uk and click on podcast. We would love it if you could rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast because we actually get bumped up the listings, the more ratings and more reviews that we get. If you'd like to join our Facebook page at The Business of Cake Making, we would love to have you over there. We will see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.